Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Finding My Voice. So today, uh, I'm really proud because I made my first Reddit post two days ago and it, had, and it already has 2.9 thousand upvotes. Maybe that's not special. Maybe that's, you know, nothing at all. But it's my first and I thought, whoa, that's a high number. <laughs> and it was a meme. Um, I made my own meme, one of those, um, you know, you have an anime character with different moods and looking sad, looking happy for some things. And the story I was telling was uh, before having come out at work, having to live a lie, being really sad. Uh, one thing I did for some validation was get um, uh, pants, jeans, women's jeans, because it felt validating and nobody would notice I'm safe. Um, but it turns out those jeans did not have pockets big enough for my phone, which was a problem. So I got myself a foldable flip phone. And again, yeah, the, the really cute little phone. I love it. Um, and it fit my new pockets. And then I come out at work and I no longer have to worry about um, dressing feminine. So I, I get to dress however I want. And I discover the joy of tunic and legging. That's a great combo. I love leggings and I love tunics. It's great. Um, but then, of course, uh, my strategy of fitting my phone in my pocket thanks to having a foldable phone doesn't quite work when you go from small pockets to no pockets. And that was the meme. Like, the whole story of going through and then in the end, no pockets. And yeah, that was very relatable to a lot of trans people. And it's also quite fun that trans men have the exact opposite reaction, but also relate to it. They're like, oh my god, I can fit so many things in my pants. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a really fun, relatable thing. Um, but I want to talk about, like, validation here. Because some people say that, some trans women say they feel validated by losing pockets. Why? I mean, having pockets are very convenient. Having pockets is very convenient. Uh, but losing them feels like, oh yes, you know, but it's not that strange. Um, weird things can be validating validating when you've been starved from validation. Really weird things have been validating for me. Uh, I remember the first time I really felt validated uh, in, a, in, a, in a bigger way than just, just a, a close friend validating me. It was at a party. Everyone around me knew who, uh, like met me as me for the first time. Um, and I knew very few people. And they all accepted me. It was absolutely wonderful. That's, that's great validation in and of itself. Um, but I also ended up in, in weird situations, speaking to a man I just met, and he would just talk over me like a bulldozer. I know cis women are like, yeah, welcome to the club. Don't say that, welcome to the club. Yeah, we know, we know. I'm not stupid. I know women are treated this way. It's just interesting to finally be on the receiving end of it. And don't don't get me wrong, it sucks. Like he was just talking on and on, expecting me to be fascinated by every word. And when I said, spoke, he just wanted to get past that and then interrupted me again so he can get back to talking about himself. Um, and yeah, it sucks. But at the time, I was floating on clouds because he was treating me as he normally treats women, and that's validating. So yeah, sucky things feel great the first couple of times. Uh, I remember the first time I was mansplained at. That's horrible. Um, or interrupted all the time by men. That's also horrible, but the first few times, I just love it. It's so good. It's wonderful. And I know it's stupid. It's bad to enjoy those things. They're bad. We shouldn't encourage them, 
but you have to understand what validation actually means to people like me. Cis people have their gender identity val uh, validated every second of their lives. Like, we use gendered language everywhere. Hi girls, hi guys, uh, all the time, you know. Uh, it's validated, validated, validated. It's like breathing to you. So it's not special. But imagine if you had held your breath for like five minutes, then that next breath is going to be absolute heaven for you. That's kind. Of, that's what validation is to us. We we don't get validated, and it it's painful to go a long time without validation. You feel lost. You feel cold. You feel like the world doesn't even acknowledge your right to exist. Your friends, your family, they're, they're not part. They don't, they don't let you in. I mean, if you've been hiding, it's not their fault directly, but you still need that connection. You don't get it if people don't validate who you are. So those terrible things, that a strange man would talk to me and treat me as he treats women. Poorly, it should suck, and it does, but the first few times, it's like breathing for the first time. It's wonderful. So yes, bad things feel good for us to start. But don't worry, we're not gonna enforce sexism just because we feel good the first few times. The novelty does end. And once it, 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 it wears out. And once it does, we're right there with you. Stop the fucking mansplaining. Oh no, sorry, that's an F-bomb. Uh, I'm not gonna delete it. There's gonna be one more in this episode. Um, so two, I hope that's not too much. Um, but yes, stop mansplaining. Stop... Stop interrupting all the time. I'm gonna be all against it, but the first couple of times you're validated is just so so lovely. Um, yeah, it's like people telling me to smile more because I'm a woman, and no, don't tell me to. S I do smile more, and I like smiling, but I'm not gonna smile for you. I'll smile because I'm happy. If you want me to smile, then make me happy. Don't just say smile, Jesus. Alright, so yeah, even bad things feel good at first, because it's like breathing. If you've held your breath for a long time, that first breath, you don't really mind if it smells like farts. That's my point. Right, that's the trans story of the day, the, the, the transition story of the day. Let's see. Uh, going into role-playing talk for another hot take. And I'm going to talk about tragic backstories. Uh, there are um, hot topic right now. A lot of people talk about them. They have for a year or two. Uh, they're talking about drop the tragic backstory. It's so boring. Like everybody has a tragic backstory. Um, and no, I don't think so. I don't think you need to drop it. Uh, I do understand where critics are coming from, but I have to understand what it is. I mean, what you hear is drop the tragic backstory. Oh, your family was wiped out by orcs? How original. Or, oh, you grew up on the street and had to steal to eat? Boring. I get where this comes from, but I think it's malplaced. You know, some add, what about just having a happy backstory? Now that's original. But why is that better? I mean, I've had my fair share of tragic and happy characters, and I love each and every one of them for very different reasons. Which is better, which is worse? Sure, tragic backstories are more common, but it's not the backstory that makes it good or bad in and of itself. So why do people dislike tragic backstories so much? There, there's an elephant in the room here, and that's the edgelord. Yes, 
uh, the edge lord. We, we most of us have heard of them. It's basically a player or a character that's just there to be edgy and cool and say say dark things, and stay in the background and have a raspy voice and never like always be mysterious, always be cool, you know that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, those are boring and annoying. Um, but it's not the backstory that makes them. Yes, the edge lord usually has a very tragic backstory. But they're not boring because of the backstory. The problem is how you play your backstory, how it comes in to the actual roleplay. Does your character get to develop and grow past her trouble history? Or does she try to grow past it and fail? That's interesting. The tragic backstory is only bad if you cling to it in order to get to deliver the edgy one-liners. I don't even mind edgy characters as long as they grow and develop. Um, a tragic past is fine. It's the stagnant characters that are boring, the ones that don't change, the ones that don't react to the world around them or re the relationship they build. When edginess becomes a hindrance to creating relationships, good or bad, that's when it's bad. Um, uh, I'm, I'm currently playing a campaign where I have a wild sorceress named Cassandra. And I created her to be a bit of an anti-hero, like a bit of a, a bit of an antagonist in the party, like very bitchy, uh, angry at everyone. Um, and I had a story where she comes from a family of overachievers, and she herself uh, wasn't much of an achiever because she's a wild sorceress trying to get a hold of magic. She just fails all the time trying to be a wizard, so she feels worthless and overcompensates and she goes out to try and prove herself prove that she's worthy of her family so she's, she's got a lot of baggage feels like she's she doesn't get to be part of them um so she's out in the party uh of people that start as strangers so she, she doesn't care about them she doesn't mind if she accidentally gets them hurt with wild magic um and i had a thing with where she actually had a crush on one of the uh, male player characters and uh, one of the other female uh, player characters were friendly to him, so I thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know play this as I want her, but I see I want him, but I see her as a rival, and so this was cool. I was gonna I was gonna make like a like a, 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 a an aggressive character for the others to work off against, but it didn't go according to plan because it turns out that the character who was friendly to the guy that my character had a crush on didn't turn out to have a crush, she was just friendly, and the guy that I wanted my character to have unrequited love with ended up requi requiting it, like it, it ended up being mutual, and suddenly she was in a happy relationship and became friends with the person I thought was going to be a rival. Now, she's still a kind of a like an, like an angry, grouchy character, but now she has another relationship with the party and is a positive uh, presence there and cares about them and, and, and takes care of them as best she can. So she started as an edgelord, and I was kind of planning to play her that way for a while. It just didn't happen that way because I let the party around me shape, uh, shape where I went with it. That's how it works in life, too. We are shaped by those around us. And the tragic backstory did not stop her from from growing. And I really hope my the other players agree that she is fun to play with. Uh, it's not, and she didn't become a boring character just because she was a little edgy and had a tragic backstory, because she grew and she's dynamic.
So yes, edgy characters are fine as long as they are not stagnant. And the same thing goes for happy characters. I mean, happy characters are more entertaining even if they are stagnant, but stagnation is never good. It's just, it's, it doesn't go anywhere. Now, I'd like to talk a bit about uh, another character of mine called Vedina. Uh, and she's from... I haven't play, started playing her yet. I'm going to start playing her in our next Simba Room character. Uh, Simba Room campaign that we're starting in a couple of months. And so if you're going to play in that campaign um, and you're not listening to this in the future, you might want to... Uh, you might want to stop, stop playing this uh, episode right now because I will talk some things that might feel like a spoiler if you're going to be in the campaign. Right, so, Vedina is a changeling. Um, in Simbaroom, they are oppressed. They start out life looking human in a human family, and then in puberty, they start looking kind of like Drow in, um, in D&D. Uh, and they are hated. And you always, you, um, you automatically get the, um, um, the uh, burden pariah if you are a changeling and I got her like like the the classic edgy tragic background where her parents were against her and at least the father especially the father and she had a younger brother they were worried he was going to be a changeling and things escalated and then it was there was violence and she ended up killing her father after her father killed her mother and she escapes with her younger brother and now they live on the street and they have for a few years and this is kind of where we pick up uh so she's a it's it's the classic edgy kind of backstory but i don't plan to play her um edgy i plan to create relationships and grow Depending on what kind of characters the other people play, will I have a positive development or a negative development? What I don't want is just no development. But it's gonna go somewhere, and I hope everyone's gonna like. It. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna like it. Um, and that leads me. I'm, I, the reason I want to talk about uh, Vidina is because I am going to read a sonnet I wrote uh, from her point of view. Uh, you see. I started writing roleplay sonnets in Simbaroom, the previous one, Elonine, as you know if you uh, listened to my other episodes, and um, I really loved recapping or, or, or just recording the uh, her experiences through sonnets, but then she was a very poetic person. She, uh, she was wise and serene. And peaceful and thoughtful uh, and Vedina she's not those things <laughs> but but sure I mean she's an angry character so angry characters can have poetry so can be poetic so uh, so I wrote a sonnet from Vedina's point of view and I made it angry and I realized yeah I can write poetry as Vedina as well oh I need to add as well the brother that I'm traveling with is, is not only you know like a like a young vulnerable angel um he's also blind he was blinded by a ritual that father performed in order to stop him from becoming a changeling if he was like me right so he's blind and we're poor and begging you know that kind of thing so this is a sonnet in the point of view of Adina, it's called little brother sleep thee well Thy slumber, sweet as it may seem, The answer hid by mist opaque, 
If thine eyes see within thine dream, why thee would ever wish to wake? With purest heart and brightest grace, no being ever felt thy scorn. By thine reward I dub this place an unfair wicked bed of thorns. But this heart hath no grace to spend. Does this bitch even have a soul? I have no honor to defend, no stakes between me and my goal. As thine heart stays both pure and true, I'll burn the fucking world for you. Yep, that's Vidina. She hates the world for what it is and what it does to her brother. She doesn't really mind her being treated badly because she, she treated it badly right back. But she has a sore spot and that's her brother and that's the way in. I hope it's going to be enjoyable to play with her for the other characters and it's going to be enjoyable for me to react to them. She's edgy, she's got a tragic backstory, but she has room to grow and I think that's okay. Now, um, I want to finish this uh, with a suggestion. I don't, I don't have a lot of listeners right now, but I really want to have more interaction. Not, not just for interaction's sake. Um, last episode, when I read that recap as an inner monologue by Elanine, I kind of want to answer questions about my characters uh, from, from in character. So if you... About of any characters I've mentioned in the podcast, if you want to know about about them, I will let you ask a question to that character, and I will respond as the character. I think that can be a lot of fun. Now, yes or no questions will obviously be kind of boring because you, you want to hear me say yes or no in in a character uh, voice. No, come on, say ask an open question that I can monologue about a bit. That's that could be fun. I think so. Uh, and you can send me an email if you know me, or comment on my blog, or wherever I shared this. Uh, Queencaddis.com, you'll be able to find it, even if you no, have no connection to me whatsoever, you can comment on the blog there. Um, so, the characters I've mentioned so far, let's see, I have to think back. Vegina, of course, my changeling, my angry changeling. I spoke about Cassandra, haven't said that much about her, but if you have any questions for her, sure. Uh, Sapphire, the trans metaphor, you know, the princess who grew up as a boy. Um, we also have, oh my god, which which other characters have I talked about in this podcast? Uh, oh yeah, Alvild, of course, my namesake, the the 13-year-old um, shepherdess. She's a little shy, so, you know, um, but you're free to ask questions. Okay, I think that's it. I think that is it. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself in the next episode. And yes, I would love to hear you ask a question to my character, and the character will respond in an episode coming up. Great. All right. I've already passed my 15-minute mark that I'm aiming for. So I will see you next time. Goodbye. I love ya.